Welcome to the Living Epistle Podcast, the place where you will find biblical principles to help you live out your faith on a daily basis and to have a positive impact on the lives of others. So get ready for another powerful episode of Living Epistle Podcast. Hello, my name is Tony Miles, and welcome to this week's episode of Living Epistle Podcast. At the beginning of this week, I had the honor and privilege of teaching an adult Sunday school class, and the topic of the class was gratitude. And as a matter of fact, the title of the lesson was Faith Inspires Gratitude. But when I read the lesson or when I saw the title of the lesson, all of these things ran through my mind. But you know how we roll at Living Epistle Podcast. We um, do our definitions first. So let's begin by defining the term gratitude. I'm sure we, we hear it a lot. We may even use it ourselves. But just to make sure that we're all clear on and starting on the same page, gratitude is Uh, thankfulness or gratefulness. And it comes from the Latin word gratis, meaning pleasing or thankful. And here's the part that I really want us to focus on. It is regarded as a feeling of appreciation by a recipient of another's kindness, gift, help, or favor to the giver of such gift. And let me repeat that. It is the feeling of appreciation by the recipient of another's kindness, gift, help, or favor shown towards the giver of such gift, kindness, help, or favor, right? And so immediately, and I don't know about you, but immediately when I hear the term gratitude or gratefulness, I can't help but think about God's amazing grace and how God has been so awesome to me and to my life. And um, uh, just a flood of emotions and a flood of thoughts run through my mind when I think about this word gratitude and being grateful. I reflect on my upbringing as a, a young black boy growing up in a working class neighborhood in Baltimore, which... You've all heard me allude to in previous uh, podcasts, but again, uh, that is my foundation. That is who I am. That is where I came from. And then I reflect on my high school years that I attended an, a high school in inner city Baltimore. But here's the thing. And I'll never forget my uncle was really upset with me that I chose to go to this uh, high school in the inner city in Baltimore versus one of the esteemed high schools um, out more towards the suburbs. But I was interested in health careers. And at this time, this particular high school that I went to, let me just go ahead and name it as Dunbar High School at Dunbar High School in Baltimore, because there's a Dunbar High School in D.C., and I'm sure that Dunbar High School's in other places. But I went to Dunbar High School in Baltimore. But here's the thing. They were doing this thing in health careers. And so um, what that afforded me to do in my class would have been the first class where they had a college prep class for people who were interested in health careers. And so um, what that afforded me going to this inner city high school was it afforded me an opportunity to work at one of the most prestigious medical institutions in the world. That's right. None other than Johns Hopkins Hospital. And so as a result, I'm a high school teenager. And I'm working at Johns Hopkins Hospital. I'm working with surgeons and nurses and and doctors and anesthesiologists and and all of these um, 
these just incredible, um, high tech, highly technical, highly professional um, people, right? Going from an inner from an inner city school in Baltimore. But not only that, then I got an opportunity to work with PhD candidates who were doing research at the university. Yes, all of this by going to this inner city high school, Dunbar High School in Baltimore. And so I reflected on that and kind of that set me on my path and on my course. And then I reflect on my college years and going out of state and going to school. And as God would have it, I met the love of my life. And uh, we have been together 41 years. My wife and I, we've been married 37, but we have been dating this fall 41 years we've been a couple. And so I just, I reflect on that. And then I began to reflect on the life that we built together. And I can't help but be overwhelmed, overwhelmed with gratitude and give God thanks for the great things that he has done in my life. But then even more than that, even more than that, I can't help but think about this incredible God that we serve. And the truth of the matter is, if we're totally honest with ourselves, is that even when we weren't thinking about God, because God is so awesome, God was thinking about us. How do we know? Two scriptures, one again, very familiar that we're familiar with, John three sixteen. for God so loved the world, the world, the world, everybody, every ethnicity, every part of the globe, that he gave his only begotten son, and we know the rest, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. But here's the other one. Here's the other one. We know that one. But this is the one that really got me is, again, we were doing everything. We were big enough and bad enough to do, old enough to do, mature enough to do, doing our own thing, charting our own course, on our own path. We're going to make our way in the world. But here it is. Here's how we know that God loves us so much. In Ephesians 2, 4 and 5, it says, but God, who is rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, he made us alive together with Christ. And it says, by grace, you have been saved. So here it is, family. God provided us with Jesus Christ when we were not thinking about him. We were dead in trespasses and sin. We didn't want to hear about God, didn't want to know anything about God, didn't want to do anything towards God to please God, but we were doing what we wanted to do. But because of God's great love towards us, he provided a way for us through his son, Jesus Christ, to have fellowship with him. And here's the promise. God promises us that we will have eternal life with him as a result of accepting his son, Jesus Christ. But here's the real beauty of this promise. Here's the real beauty of the promise is that we don't have to wait until we die to start experiencing the benefits of God's grace and God's love and God's mercy. Because the moment that we accept Jesus as our personal Lord and Savior, guess what? We become heirs to all of the benefits that Christ has. What does that mean? We begin to experience the joy of God's presence in our lives. We begin to be able to go boldly before his throne, boldly yet humbly. We go boldly. Why? Because we know that God hears our prayers. We go humbly, though, because we know that we don't deserve it. And I can't help but think about one of my um, one of the teachers that my kids had when they were in middle school. I'll never forget. And and they would talk about and we live in a culture right where everybody has a uh, they have a entitlement mentality. I won't say everybody. That's not fair. But most 
uh, people of this generation, the younger generation, have this entitlement mentality about what they deserve and what they're not going to do and what you're not going to tell me. And this is what I'm going to do. And there really is an entitlement mentality. And I'll never forget. They came home one day and they said that this teacher told them that they deserve death. And I was like, wow. Now, yes, you are correct. This was not in a public school because that teacher would not have been there. Right. But this was a Christian school at the time that my kids were in. And he said, you deserve death. Not just you, but all of us deserve death. But God, who is rich in mercy, because with the love with which he loved us, the Bible says that great love that he sent his son. Right. And so what does that mean? What that means is that the moment we accept Jesus in our lives, we begin to experience the joy of God's presence. We begin to experience the forgiveness and the grace and the mercy that God wants to pour and shower on us. And so you say, well, Tony, what is the point of all of this? The point of all this, the primary point of this here is that when we recognize what God has done for us, What does that mean? God has freely offered salvation to us through his son, that Jesus Christ, that it should inspire a sense of awe. It should literally take our breath away. It should inspire a sense of gratitude in us. Why? Because we know who we are, even right now with our saved, sanctified selves, full of the Holy Ghost, we know that there are times when we do not represent God. We know that there are times when we do things that are contrary to the will of God, and yet God still loves us, right? God still continues to bless us. God still continues to say, listen, I know, I know you got issues. I know you have problems, but I'm going to cover you because you are my son. You are my daughter. And there is yet work for you to do. And so here's the truth of the matter. The truth of the matter is, as it relates to salvation, it is nothing that we can do. It is nothing that we can earn. It's nothing that we uh, are worthy of. The fact of the matter is that the kingdom of God is simply something that we must receive. What do I mean by that? We must receive it because it is a gift of God, simply, plainly, only because of his great love towards us. And we receive the gift when we receive his son, Jesus Christ. And so that's why whether we have little or we have much, whether we are rich or whether we are poor, whether we're young or whether we're old, whether we're male or whether we're female, whether we're black or whether we're white, you put whatever the whatevers are and whatever the weathers are in your lives, whether the kids are doing great in school or not doing great in school, whether you've got the job that you want or whether you have the job that you dread going to. My point is this. We should still be grateful. Why? Because the Lord woke us up with breath in our bodies. He woke us up and given us a new mercy every morning so that we can go on to be the men and women that God has shown us to be. And here's the other part that just I want to drop this little nugget in your spirit. Here's something. Did you know that gratitude has benefits? Did you know that gratitude has benefits? What are you talking about, Tom? Let me just tell you a couple of them. I, I won't read them all, but uh, yeah, well, maybe I will. But nonetheless, gratitude, gratitude. Did you know that gratitude shields you from negativity? What do I mean by that? And in, in Philippians 4 and 4, it says, rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. So here's the thing. Even when we don't feel like it, we can make a choice to rejoice in the Lord. Even when things are not going our way, we can choose to rejoice. Did you know that 
Gratitude makes you at least 25% happier than people who don't express gratitude. Here's the Psalm 146 and 5. Happy is the person who has the God of Jacob for his or her helper, whose hope is in the Lord his or her God, right? And so again, happy is the person who has the God of Jacob for their help, whose God is in, whose hope is in the Lord, their God. Here's the other thing. Gratitude eliminates stress. What do we mean? Oh man, Philippians two and five. I'm sorry, Philippians four, six through seven. And this is a common one. Be anxious for nothing. But in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. And let me just give you one more, one more, one more, one more. But I'll give you what gratitude does. Just a few things. It rewires your brain It eliminates stress. Um, gratitude is a healing, has healing power. Gratitude improves our sleep. Gratitude boosts our self-esteem. Gratitude enhances our law of attraction. Gratitude improves relationships. Let me just close with this last one. The gratitude improving relationships. Isaiah 58 and 12. And you shall be called the repairer of the breach, the restorer of the streets to dwell in. You see, when we're grateful family, this thing of law of attraction, people will see that there is a humility. They'll see that there is something in you where, where you should be boastful, where you should be prideful. You walk in humility, not that you're um, un, in, not confident, but you walk in a quiet confidence, a holy boldness. And that is something where people say, wow, they see the humility, yet they see the confidence, but the confidence that they see, it is not in us and in our ability, but it is in our God who we serve. And so we can walk in gratitude and people will come to us. How many of us, I hear you shaking your heads. How many of us in raising your hands have been in jobs or schools or in situations where people come to us for advice because of the walk? And because we have this spirit of gratitude, we say, please, we say, thank you. And it's genuine and it's sincere. When there is this spirit of gratitude, God says, I can trust you. And God will pour out his blessings on us. He will pour out his blessings on you and pour out his blessings on me. When we are grateful and we give God praise, when we are grateful to others, when they bless us, remember the definition. It is a feeling of appreciation by the recipient of another's gift, kindness, help, or favor that we show to the giver of such gifts, kindness, help, or favor. So remember, family, let's just be grateful for the little things, grateful for the sunshine, grateful for the cool weather as we're entering in the fall, grateful that we woke up, grateful that we have jobs to go to, grateful that our circle around us isn't broken. We can find so many things to be grateful for. Let's shift our attitude and most of all, be grateful and say, thank you, God, for sending your son. Jesus Christ, so that I can have a personal relationship with you. And now I want to share my gratitude about you, about the world, about my family, about all that you're doing in my life, God. I want to share this grateful heart and this grateful spirit with everyone with whom I come in contact. So remember, family, preach the gospel at all times and when necessary, use words. This is Tony Miles with a grateful heart.
Thanks for listening. Now go and be a living epistle. Join us again next week for another episode of Living Epistle Podcast. Music for Living Epistle Podcast is provided by audionautics.com.